Are you feeling stuck? Are you searching for purpose and a more fulfilling life? Are you looking for inspiration and encouragement? Then this is the place for you. I'm Brooke Moore. I'm Gretchen Jackson. I'm Kelly Strother. I'm Tharwit Lovett. We are Shifter. In this podcast, we will address all things mindset. You will hear real stories from real women who have faced their fears, crushed their limiting beliefs, and have turned their mess into their message by shifting their mindsets and leveling up in business and life. Hey, hey, and welcome to the Shifter Podcast. This is Brooke Moore with you today. Um, We have a special guest, Kate Hill, with us. Uh, I love Kate. I'm excited that she agreed to be here today. Um, I have had the privilege of knowing Kate and kind of um, seeing her journey from the beginning. She's done some amazing things, and I'm excited for you to hear uh, what she has to say and her growth and her perspective on all these things today. So thanks so much, Kate, for being here. Um, Kate Hill is the owner of Rock City Digital, a digital marketing firm based in central Arkansas. She started Rock City Digital to help small to medium-sized businesses compete with the big dogs. And Rock City Digital has done just that by partnering with CEOs, business owners, entrepreneurs, um, all the above to grow their brands online. Rock City Digital takes a human-to-human approach as they craft authentic and unique brand campaigns to showcase the personalities of the businesses in order to build credibility in their communities. Um, In 2019, she was recognized as the small business owner 30 under 30 in a little under, what no, a little over four years. Yes. Mm -hmm. She has grown Rock City Digital's team of geeks from zero to nine. And although her company is basically her life, and I can attest, Kate is a very hard worker, she enjoys playing competitive board games with friends, trying and cooking new foods, and traveling when she has the time. So um, you can find her several different places, obviously, on social media and elsewhere. And We'll make sure she sent all those uh, to us. I'll give her an opportunity at the end to um, verbalize that and tell you where you can find her. We'll make sure to drop those in the show note as well. So welcome, Kate. Thank you so much for being here today. Are you ready? Thanks to so much started? for having me, Brooke. Yeah, I'm so excited awesome. to be here. Awesome. Um, so we like to kind of start off, obviously we're all about mindset. I know you and I have had so many conversations about mindset in the past, even kind of before both of us were where we are and before shifter was even really a thing. So, um, I'm really eager to hear your thoughts on, um, significant breakthroughs that really played a role in changing a belief or shifting your mindset personally. Yeah, you know, so with 2020 being last year, and we had so much more time to really sit and think whether we wanted to or not, I feel like I had a lot of breakthroughs that year regarding mindset, because you always hear, oh, just change your mindset, but it doesn't really click until you understand what that actually means. Uh, And so I think a breakthrough for me when it comes to mindset was realizing that if you want to make any type of habit change and make it stick, you literally have to change your entire belief system around that habit. So for example, for me, I was not a morning person at all. And I used to complain at night, I'd be like, oh, I don't want to wake up in the morning. And then what happened is I shifted my mindset around it and said, all right, well, if I wake up in the morning, I'm going to have a couple of hours to myself. I'm actually excited for that time because I will get ahead by 
having time to read or meditate or journal. And because I shifted my perspective from, oh, I hate mornings to, oh, I'm so excited to get up. Now it's exciting to get up. And it was just like a limiting belief I had around that. And so I tried to implement that across a lot of different habits I wanted to make of, oh, I never have time to read, right? Well, again, I created that time in the morning and I said, well, if I'm not reading, how am I better than a person who can't read, right? If you're not actually implementing that. And so I've been able to read, I think, three books already this year. (laughs) And they've been awesome. It's been really helpful, not only for personal development, but professional development as well. That's awesome. And that's so important. You know, we, we think about limiting beliefs and we don't necessarily always recognize that it's, you know, includes the way we're talking to ourselves or the way that we're saying things like, oh, I have to get up rather than, oh, I get to get up and do all these things. And girl, I'm just like you. Like <laughs> I've always been and said verbally, I am not a morning person. Um, and then of course I had kids and had to do it, but I still did it begrudgingly. And then that's kind of one of the big shifts I've done too is, oh my gosh, like I want to be more productive. I need more hours in the day. Where can I get those? And instead of saying, I don't have time or I can't do that um, because I really wanted to work out. And I was like, there's no other time in the day. Um, And it just being able to shift your perspective of, I get these hours back and I can do X, Y, Z. It changes my whole day. And it sounds like it's the same for you. And I love how you've taken that and implemented it because I think sometimes when you talk about this kind of mindset stuff and, and shifting some of those limiting beliefs, it's a little bit overwhelming. Like, okay, I got to do, okay, here's all the areas in my life where I need to do that. Let me go now and do all of them at once. But like you did, you started with mornings and then you kind of went from there. And I think that's, how you can maintain and be successful. So that's super awesome. Um, Another thing we talk about a lot uh, with Shifter is, you know, most of us came from, you know, we came from all different backgrounds. So it's a very diverse community, but, you know, we, we all have a story. We all have a past. Um, We call it our mess, whatever. But um, we, we like to ask, you know, what is the time Um, or can you give an example of a time in your life where, you know, you've maybe been in that, been in that mess or been in a struggle and you've actually taken that as an opportunity and turned that mess into more of a message or a mission? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think it is basically my life story at this point. Uh, so I grew up in, um, a very interesting environment, a very sheltered, um, environment where I was at a school that taught me not to be curious, not to ask questions. I was basically um, bullied by the administration because I had different ideas and different thoughts. And I was young. I was just literally curious and I'm a naturally curious person. And so I think I took that and basically became really self-independent and learned how to figure things out on my own. And so going forward in life, I basically started work when I was really young. I think I was 15 when I got my first job and I worked a lot. And at, during that time, I hated it. I was like, why am I having to work all the time? And now I look back and I'm extremely thankful because I got five, six years ahead on all of the people around me because I started so young. And from the lessons that I learned at that school of having different ideas and how those were shunned. I realized that, no, you need to listen to other people's ideas because that's how you figure things out. And I think for me, it's really helped in a leadership position of 
telling my team, hey, if you have an idea, please bring it to me. I want more than just my ideas. Like I know I'm not the right person in the room. And now my team literally acts on that. And with being, you know, bullied by the administration, it also taught me to be extremely empathetic and understanding from like where somebody's coming from, I guess, and try to see their perspective. So I've always had this idea of what would I be thinking if I was in that person's shoes? How would I want to be treated? And again, as a leader, that empathy, um, that inclusion, that diversity is really important if you're wanting to make waves in your business or if you're wanting to have at least a positive work, work culture. Right. And for those of you who don't know, uh, Rock City Digital work culture is really amazing. And it's something I'm very impressed by and in my businesses hope to cultivate because um, one thing we say a lot is, you know, we encourage collaboration over competition. Um, and I love that you pointed that out because it's exactly how, you know, you you run your business and how you interact with your team. Um, because in my experience, when people have a say, you know, they, they won't necessarily just take over, but they want to listen to you and get your opinion and advice. But when they have a say, they're more invested in what you're doing. Um, and it's all around a better environment. Uh, so I love that. I love how you said, um, you called it a lesson, like the lessons you learned looking back. And I think we sometimes, and especially women, but we sometimes get stuck where we're looking back at, you know, oh, here's five years that I lost or I did all this stuff and, you know, I shouldn't have been working as much or whatever it is, um, you know, and then we have these regrets. But instead, I love how you turned it around and you're like, OK, maybe that wasn't ideal at the time, whatever. But here are the things that I learned from that. And here's how I grew. And I think if we're continually doing that in life, um, it really, really puts us in such a better place mentally um, and it helps us attract more of those good things moving forward. But I love how you said that. I love how you found empathy in that. I think that's fantastic too. I think you are an outstanding leader um, and you saying that you didn't, you know, we're encouraged not to, not to talk. I'm thinking, but Kate has so many ideas and she's so outgoing. And so I couldn't imagine you as that person, but I'm so glad that you kind of, I don't know if I want to say railed against that, but I'm really glad that you grew from that and that you've come to the place that you are um, because you're able to lead and teach others. And um, for us, we always talk about specifically like with our kids, but also at work and our employees and um, how when you're at the top and you're leading and you're collaborative and inclusive and all those things and you're getting your own mindset right you can drip 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 on everybody else that's around you and um, it really does help to you know foster that culture with little to no effort and you're really attracting the right people and everybody wins in that situation so I love that um, I guess this kind of I mean you talked a little bit about when you were younger but knowing what you know now um, and you're still young um, and you've accomplished amazing things, uh, but to this point in your life, but knowing what you know now, what advice would you give your younger self? You know, I love this question and it's sometimes hard because if I gave my younger self this advice, I might not be where I am today. So it's kind of hard. Cause I'm like, well, I'm proud of myself. Cause I went through all of those hardships and I like learn so, so much. You're right. Like learning those lessons versus looking at it negatively. I think that really helps you going forward. Uh, but I would probably tell myself that it's okay sometimes to slow down, enjoy life a little bit. 
I mean, in high school and college, I was working six to seven days a week, one to two jobs. So I really didn't have time to cultivate friendships or do things outside of uh, work, which looking back, I'm kind of sad about that I missed out on all of those fun high school experiences and college experiences. But at the same time, again, I learned so many valuable lessons. I had my first career job when I was 19. I met all of these really uh, influential people who taught me the value of networking, the value of mentorship. And I was learning these lessons at 19, 20 years old. So although like, I do wish I would have slowed down some, it's at the same time, I'm like, but I learned so much in such a short amount of time that it's going to help me um, and my family or friends move forward in life. So I take that now to this day of, all right, Kate, you've built a business now. You're not in the early startup days. It's okay to have work-life balance. Was I still struggle with that of feeling guilty for not working all the time because I've been doing it for so long. So I still have to like take a step back and recognize, all right, there's more to life than work. You can have friends now. You can be good to your boyfriend. And he's actually the one that taught me to slow down. Uh, so, you know, it's been very helpful to learn that lesson later on in life. Uh, but that that's definitely probably what I would have told my younger self. That's excellent advice. And yeah, like I can totally relate as an entrepreneur myself because I was always working too. And I started setting all these boundaries, which we talk about boundaries a lot. Um, but I was setting all these boundaries in place now because I'd gotten to the place where I thought, well, I just have to get it done and I have to do this and I have to do that. And I was just constantly doing it and I enjoyed my work. So it wasn't like I was upset about it, but my, my daughter started drawing pictures at school and it was like me with a computer all the time. And they're over there like doing things. And I'm like, I am a terrible mother. And then I started getting mom guilt really bad. So it is so hard to turn that off. And it's, it's just so difficult. And especially as women, I feel like, you know, we have the additional, you know, responsibilities with, you know, relationships and families and friends. And it's just, it's a lot, it's a lot to juggle. Um, and when you, when you get in it, you get in it and you want to just go with it. Um, part of it too, that I kind of heard while you were talking was, um, you know, doing these things in a certain order and working really hard. And, you know, for me, that seems kind of like what I feel like society teaches us. And what I feel like was such a struggle for me to get out of was the supposed to's. You're supposed to do this. You're supposed to work all the time. If you want this, it's supposed to be hard. You're supposed to give all your time to it. Um, and then you get stuck in that. Like, and that's just the narrative you've told yourself. You believe that if you don't, you know, you work harder, you don't work smarter. And so that's where you spend all of your time. And so you're actually having to rewrite your whole entire brain um, to even be able to slow down. So that's not an easy task. So that's awesome that you've been able to do that. And it's really great too, to see, because I think it's easier to look back and, and see things as a lesson and take what you've learned. If you've gotten to the spot where you've done this work on yourself and you've invested in your, in your mindset and surrounding yourself with those people and tools and mentors, it's a lot easier to come out of that and work through that because it is a process, um, you know, to rewrite that. But I think that is excellent. I love that. I love how you, you know, kind of, I don't know if it's your mission, but you made the statement about helping other people, um, come to where you're at now or get through some of those things or not have to struggle through some of those things. And I love that because I like, 
Um, for me, I have this whole visualization whenever I'm thinking about it. And I talk about this in the legal profession a lot too, but you know, you have women who have gone through these things and they're higher up, you know, reaching back to pull those people up with them. And I think that's, you know, excellent. I think that's part of what we should be doing. We shouldn't be like, okay, well, you know, I got through this. You're going to have to struggle through this too. We should be there helping each other. And not only that, always looking forward because there are still people ahead of us that can help us. So that's kind of my little visualization I always see when I'm thinking about, you know, women helping women. And I love that, you know, that's just kind of part of your life now and what you want to do. Absolutely. And, you know, I think a lot of people, especially um, leaders or women who have been stuck in this mindset of always work hard, like always be ahead, worry about yourself, nothing else. You know, if you take a step back and you're like, all right, well, there are other people around me who are talented, regardless of what position they're in or anything like that, you can just learn so much if you keep an open mind and you're just respectful and just treat people like humans. So like in my business, sometimes I definitely deal with imposter syndrome because I've surrounded myself with such amazing humans. They are so smart and so talented. And honestly, I like their ideas a lot more than mine, like quite <laughs> often. And sometimes that can be hard to accept. Like your ego doesn't want to accept that because you want to be the one doing it. You want to be the one right. But if you can open your mind and do that, not only will you have a better relationship with the people in your life, but you'll also have a better outcome on things that you're trying to accomplish because you're not just listening to yourself. You're listening to a lot of different ideas and coming to a better conclusion with other people. So instead of looking at, at other women or other people below you or whatever that might be, look at them again as just humans who have different set of experiences who can offer just a different perspective because it's all about perspective and how you see the world in everything that you do, if you can do that, your potential is just unlimited at that point. I absolutely love that. And, um, you know, for me, again, it goes back to, you know, collaborating. And I love when people bring me ideas and in my business, especially when I'm, you know, working with my partners or collaborating with clients or whatever it is that I'm doing. Um, I do really appreciate that. Um, I appreciate that perspective. And I really do think there's so much better of an outcome if you can open up to that. Like you said, I know, you know, egos and part of that is kind of we have this whole queen bee syndrome as women and we see there's one spot for women to succeed. And so we're fighting with each other. and We're not fighting with the men in the room because they're not necessarily our competition. And it's this whole societal mindset that that's the way that it has to be. Um, but it doesn't have to be that way. And I love that you point that out. And I love that you know, you are so open to hearing feedback because for me and my businesses, I, I may not be the one with the idea. I may not be in the spotlight, but a, a win for somebody on my team is a win for me is a win for business. And you're right. Like the outcome is so much better. And the more that you can open yourself up to that, the more that you're attracting those type of people and you're not going to have a lot of the conflicts. You're going to have very, you know, smooth collaborations and positive attitudes. And it's just all around better situation. Um, one thing I was thinking about a minute ago when I was talking to you um, about boundaries, uh, are there any boundaries that you've, I know you're working on it right now and I know it's hard. Are there any boundaries that you are kind of putting in place or that you put in place to kind of help you um, maybe some tips that you can give to help other women, especially entrepreneurs um, to be able to shut it down for a minute. <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, boundaries to me are so, so important. And I don't think I learned that until probably two and a half to three years in business when I was going crazy and always had my notifications on, always responding to emails. And I remember one night I was like, I cannot do this anymore. Like I am getting burnt out. There's no way I'm going to survive doing this. And so there, I did a couple of things. One thing is I stopped responding to people after business hours. If you were an employee or a client, did it matter? I wanted to let them know that, all right, we're working during business hours. If it's about work, I'm not going to get back to you until tomorrow when I'm thinking about work. And I encourage my employees to do that as well. I tell them if a client texts you on the weekend or after hours, do not respond unless it's an emergency, because what you're doing is you're letting this client know, hey, I'm available anytime. And it's not fair to be working all the time. Work-life balance is so big. And I really push that on my employees too. But another thing that I think was so helpful for me, I turned off all of my notifications except text messages. I don't get any social notifications, any email notifications. The only way that I'm going to see that is when I'm ready to see it. And at first that can be really hard if you're a workaholic, can be very difficult, but oh my God, you can finally give your mind a break for the first time if you just turn those off. I, uh, I actually did the same thing a couple of years ago and it has just changed everything for me. I ended up seeing uh, Daniel Pink. He wrote a book called Win, like W-H-E-N, and mm-hmm. um, at a conference that I had gone to and it was really fascinating. It was a lot of data and it was like when people work the best and it's a really good book, but um, cause I ended up buying the book there obviously, but um, and part of it too was how to, you know, time block. So that way, cause a lot of people just get up and look at those notifications or they will um, do emails like mindless tasks in the morning. But a lot of times you are doing the mindless tasks during your most productive times. And then you're like making decisions when you're least productive and things like that. Um, and so I actually started doing that and it, it was, it was a little bit hard at first. Cause I was like, what am I missing something? Um, but then I kept telling myself, okay, well, clients, you know, we teach clients how to interact with us. And so nobody has been like, you know, okay, well, you didn't get back to me immediately. We give them an outlet to reach out and express their concerns or whatever they need to send to us on their own time. And then, you know, we're responding to them on our time, but it's been so nice. I'm not super rigid about time blocking, um, but it really does free you up to be able to better manage your day. Because if you let your day get away, you've got a whole to-do list that you don't get done. Then you feel like you haven't accomplished anything. And then, you know, you're just drowning in emails or whatever. So I love that. And I would highly recommend it. It has changed everything for me and I have not had client complaints. So (laughs) yeah, you'd be shocked. You're, you're always thinking, Oh, I've got so much FOMO or what if a client just click cancels out of nowhere because I didn't respond, but you know, that's just not reality. And once you try it, you'll figure that out. But one thing I've been reading about recently and I haven't implemented it yet Uh, but I heard it echoed through another business owner recently was if you can set your schedule up to be the same in the morning each day, like the same type of task, you're training your brain to get into a flow state. And so it makes it a lot easier, a lot more effective and a lot more productive. So that's kind of like the next step of what I'm looking at of trying to basically structure my days, even though it's hard with the person with ADD, (laughs) but I know like the research is there to show that you can train your brain. And like another way I do that is I don't look at my phone for the first two hours of the day. So I wake up pretty early though. So it's before business hours still, but 
it's the research shows that if you look at your phone, right when you wake up, you're basically training your brain to be all over the place instead of to be quiet for a little bit, instead of to have that downtime. And becoming a morning person has has shown me that you are more productive in the morning. I never would have believed that ever, (laughs) because I was like, how could anyone function in the morning? But that is when I think the clearest. That's when I like reading. I didn't like reading before because I didn't like it in the afternoon. But the morning, if you don't check your phone, you can literally focus on what you're reading versus thinking about the hundred other notifications that you have. And I think right now it's like automatic, you know, we just don't think about it and we pick it up when we're doing different things. It's just like a mindless thing at this point um, to, to hop on and do those things. But you said something and I think it's so important because for me and maybe for you too, it is so hard for me to shut my brain up. Uh, it is so hard. For, it doesn't matter early, late. It doesn't matter what time it is or what it is that I am doing. Um So creating that quiet space, whatever that is for you, whether that's reading for me, I like to trick my brain and just roll out of bed and go work out. I don't need my brain to think about it at all before I go do it, but I like to do that. And then I get there and I pick something that, you know, works with me that I would stay with. And they are telling me where to go, what to do, what to use. I don't have to use my brain for that whole hour, but I literally am not thinking I am in such like my brain, not my body, my body's very tired, but the rest of me is so relaxed. And then I feel like I just go in to the rest of the day, really, really focused. And, you know, many of us have kids or other responsibilities uh, that pull us in a bunch of different directions. And, um, you know, I used to make all sorts of excuses about uh, when I was married, I would go at like six o'clock in the morning all the time. And uh, I do that now when I can, but I got divorced and I'm, I have three kids at three different schools. I got to drive all over the place. There's no way I can get back home, get them up, get them ready and get them where I'm going. So I get them up early, take them. And then I hit the eight o'clock class. Um, and then I have that routine that goes on. Uh, but I mean, immediately my mind went to, oh my gosh, like now I can't do it. And so I feel like we, we put all these obstacles in our own way for why we can't do it because it's going to cut into work or, you know, I don't want to do this because I don't have time to do it. I have all these other things. But like you said, if you can get that routine and again, maybe swap things out. Like I do my lemon water and all the other things I do it in a different order than I did it before and then work out after, but I'm ready to hit the ground running when I'm done and I'm energized and my brain is going and I get so much more accomplished. And, and yeah, sometimes I work off hours. I don't offer that to clients, but sometimes I work whenever I'm feeling it, but I end my day on my kid's schedule and I'm able to do that because I'm so productive during those hours. So it's so important, like you mentioned, to kind of figure out what works for you and figure out, you know, where you're most efficient, where you're most productive. Because it just, again, it doesn't matter. You're not, maybe you're supposed to work eight hours. No, you don't have to. You don't have to work what it traditionally looks like. You can work in a way that works for you. And I mean, that's, that's what was always frustrating. I always say, I don't know if I could go back and work for somebody else at this point because I've been employed by myself for so long. Um, and I'm very self-sufficient, but I cannot handle inefficiency. So I like, there's no reason for me to waste two hours sitting here if I don't have something to do. Um, but I love that. I love how you flipped. I love how we've both been in that same situation where we've flipped and become morning because I used to stay up so late. And I, I remember in the past working with you and like sending emails and we'd probably send them back and forth at 2am. Um, so it's, it is, it's a whole different world and to make myself go to bed and to, and to get up. But I love that you pointed that out. 
Okay, so next question. Um, this kind of goes along the lines of boundaries, but not really. So um, I'm interested in knowing kind of what strategies, tools, tips, things like that, um, that you use personally for overcoming challenges um, that you could share you think might benefit anything that we didn't touch on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, again, going back to 2020, I feel like I just learned so many lessons. It was the first time in my life I was forced to slow down because if I'm not forced to do it, I'm going to keep running. So it was really nice to do that. And one thing that I truly learned is that challenges are extremely uncomfortable and you're not going to enjoy them. But if you go through with it and you actually do whatever's challenging you, you come out the other side, breathing a lot better, sleeping a lot better, better, and you're way more confident. So the next time you have that problem, you're like, okay, I'm still a little uncomfortable, but I remember last time when I did this, that it was hard, but I felt better and I got more accomplished. So one way I do that is I start asking myself why something might be challenging to me. What's the source of that challenge? Like, is it, I'm scared to do something because it's something that happened in my past and I'm doing something subconsciously, right? Or is it just challenging because it's unknown territory, right? And so if you keep asking yourself why and get to the bottom of that, you can kind of rationalize with yourself uh, and say, all right, well, I'm not in that state anymore. Or I mean, everything's supposed to work out like, like it's supposed to. So let's just dive in head first and let's get this done because the quicker I get it done, the less I can have my brain tell me, hey, you shouldn't be doing this, this is scary. So I try to literally dive in on challenges and get them over with that way it gets easier. That is so good. I love that you said, you know, going to the source of it, because I think sometimes we just shut down. We don't think about why we don't want to do something, why something makes us uncomfortable, where it's coming from. Um, but if you can do that, you really can confront that head on uh, and, and definitely, you know, doing the things like I I'm better now, but I used to have a bad problem with procrastination because I was avoid not, not everything, just things I didn't want to do or the things that were scary. And like you said, you know, Sometimes it's the unknown. Sometimes it's some kind of trigger or something from your past. Um, but always when you get to the other side of it, it is so much better just to get through it instead of avoiding it. And that's one thing that we try to work on with people. And one of the breakthroughs I've had, like going through our shifter program um, is I, I realized that looking at some of these things that I was avoiding or procrastinating or fearful of, um, or that was just uncomfortable for me, it was because I had these avoidance tendencies. And I started realizing, like started with one thing, it started with, like money. And then I was like, whoa, and I have it over here. It's like a whole big thing. It just unraveled. But when I was able to understand that it, that's what it was, it was, you know, these avoidance tendency, tendencies for things that are uncomfortable, I was able to, you know, awareness is the first step. So then I was able to actually walk through that and work through that and get on the other side. Um, and it's so much better now. I don't have that anxiety. You get, you get rid of so much stress. You're causing yourself yeah. all the stress and you get rid of all of this stress. So I love that. I love just do it. You know, I think growth really comes outside of your comfort zone. Um, and you know, you got to do the hard things. So I love that message. Um, yeah. we have a few more questions. For you today, uh, we always have these three questions at the end that we like to ask um, as a surprise. So uh, the first is, and you've read three books, so this should be easy for you already this month. And I don't even remember, we're not even through this whole month yet, but what is the fav your favorite book that you've read? 
So this one's a really easy one for me. And if anyone on my team listens to this, they're going to laugh because of how much I mention it. Uh, so this book is what transformed not only my life, but my boyfriend's life. And I think I've sent it to 20 people. Like literally, I was like, friends, you have to read this. There's no other option. And it's called The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. Have you heard of him or that book? I haven't. Oh, my gosh. It what? is transformative. So that's what turned me into a morning person, actually. Uh, I practice gratitude. It's a really big part of my life. And I was working through this gratitude journal and it started talking a lot about mornings and how important your mornings were for your mindset and your health. And it recommended a couple podcasts. And so I listened to them and then it recommended the miracle morning. And basically what it does is it shifts your entire mindset surrounding mornings and teaches you what to do during your mornings to get you excited about them. And so it will teach you about meditation. It will teach you about journaling. It will teach you about exercising, breathing, basically visual, visualization, all of these great scientific research-backed practices that will improve your life. And it just gives such a simple framework. And he's just such a great writer. He gets you fired up about them. All of my friends who have read it have ultimately given their friends the book too, huh? if that tells you anything. So highly, highly recommend reading that book. If People come to me for book suggestions sometimes, and I always start them out there because once you read that, you're going to read a lot more books. So if I can get you started on the miracle morning, I know that I can give future book recommendations that are on different topics just because you're now going to have time to read because you're going to be excited about waking up. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out. I mean, that's kind of what happened with us. Gretchen just kept shoving you are a badass at us for Jen and Sarah over and over again. Um, and um, I'm glad she did. I actually walked away from it for about a year after she had recommended it. And then I was just at a place, I picked it back up and it just kind of went from there. But you do, you get, when you find that book that kind of pulls it all together and kind of piques your interest and lights your fire, you just want to consume more of it. Um, so I love that. I love that you found that. And I'm definitely going to check that out. Even though I'm already doing mornings, there's, I could be doing mornings better. So um <laughs> Next is, what is the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? So uh, a couple of years ago, I was with one of my mentors, which if you don't have one, I highly recommend getting somebody who has either been in your field for a long time or your industry. Like for me, it was just another business owner who has been in the industry for 20 years, not digital, just business. And I was sitting down and talking to him about a new business idea I had. And I was so excited about it. I was like, this is the next big thing. It could be global. I'm like stoked. And he was like, Kate, stop. And I'm like, what? And like, stop me in my tracks. He said, look, your business is young. And it's like, this is the story. It's basically a golden goose that lays gold eggs. If you don't feed and take care of this goose, it's going to die. And this is the one that know, like knows how to work. So basically don't focus on anything else. Take care of your golden goose and nurture that. And that's how you're going to be successful in business by being staying focused and not getting distracted by all the shiny things, which is so hard as an entrepreneur, because like, you know, this, like you get so excited about different ideas, even if they're not yours and not your business at all. It's just like a little entrepreneur high that you experience. Yeah. So it's so hard to like cut off those shiny things. But if you can do that and stay the course. That's where the magic happens. And I've seen that already start to happen at Rock City Digital. We're only five years old. And believe me, I've been tempted to quit at times. But because I've stuck with it, I'm now feeling this sense of relief. I'm feeling steadiness. 
I'm getting better clients. We've improved so much of the business, but it's because I had that time to dedicate to it. So staying focused on one thing until at least it's big enough to operate on its own in a great way was the best piece of advice I could have gotten. I absolutely love that because yeah, I mean, I do go down those rabbit holes too, because I get super excited because I have all these ideas and, um, but really when you hone in on what you're really doing and and focus, um, it, it really just takes you to a whole nother level. And like you said, when you're focusing, especially when you're doing it the way you're doing it and bringing this perspective and mindset in and and kind of dripping that on everyone around you, you are attracting those better clients. You are focusing on those things and you are, um, you know, growing and getting better. And it may not look like what somebody else thinks success looks like, and it may not be growing in a way somebody else thinks it should be growing or would want their stuff to be growing. Um, but, but in the end, you know, I, I'm five years out too. I started at the same time. And so, you know, it, it, it does, you get frustrated and especially when you throw something out there and it doesn't work and, you know, you're trying to figure out even when it is your baby product and you're trying to like really focus on it and really make it better and get really frustrated with things. Uh, but if you continue to focus and keep your mindset right and do those things, I mean, yeah, 2020 was very hard for all of us, uh, but 2020 has been amazing so far for us. Um, and it is really just that persistence and staying true to who you are, your mission, you know, what you're doing. We serve similar clientele. You know, we're both trying to help those people that are, you know, middle-class individuals and business owners and, and people really, you know, doing great things or, or needing that kind of help. So, um, you know, it really does pay off. So I love that. That's, that's probably the best advice that I've heard. So I'm going to use that. (laughs) (laughs) So on the flip side, what is the worst piece of advice that you have ever been given? Um, So probably the worst piece of advice was you don't need a mentor. Somebody Mm -hmm. told me that, oh, I don't need a mentor. Like I'm going to figure this out on my own, basically thought they were the smartest person in the room. And Even at that time, I thought they were kind of crazy. I was like, why would you not want to learn from people who've been there and done that and avoid mistakes? And so obviously I did not follow that person's advice, thank God. Uh, And I would hate if other people did, but you have to like let your ego go away and let your pride go away and not be afraid to ask questions. Like anyone who knows me knows I am not afraid to ask questions. If I don't know something, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask anyone until I find that answer. And I'd say that's probably one of my top skill sets of being resourceful. Um, but having that mentor, regardless of what industry they're in, or I mean, maybe you're just a professional, you want a professional mentor, having somebody that's a little bit older with experience is a game changer. That piece of advice I just got about the golden goose, had I not taken that, because I was upset at first, because I was so excited. But if he would not have told me that, which was hard to tell me because of how right. excited I was, then Rock City Digital probably wouldn't be where we are today, just because my attention would have been in two different places instead of one. So right. having a mentor is just a game changer. I love that. And yeah, I mean, I do think, you know, it may be the mindset of, of entrepreneurs. I don't want to say a lot of entrepreneurs that, again, it's back to that hustle mindset. It's back to the, you know, self-made, you know, and people don't factor in that, you know, you're self-made because of the people you surround yourself with. So, mm-hmm. you know, those people are there to lift you up. You're there to lift them up. Gretchen and I, the way Shifter even started, Gretchen and I were both kind of reading these things on our own. 
we went to coffee. We hadn't seen each other in a while because uh, I was kind of out of some of her networking circles at the time. And we were just catching up over coffee. And she was so frustrated and her phone was blown up. She's told the story a zillion times. But she was like, I need to hire somebody. I don't know if I have enough work or money to hire that person full time. And, you know, but I cannot be doing all this. And I said, get an answering service, like hire an answering service. That's what I did from the get go. Do that. It works. Um, and then there's always the, well, you know, I don't know how my clients are going to feel about that. And they really like us and we need to touch all this. And we had this whole back and forth conversation. Well, she went that home that day, talked to her husband about it and they went and hired an answering service and boom. I mean, like it was a game changer for them. And then from there, she was like, Hey, it, you know, she's an attorney. We're totally different industries. It, you're right. It doesn't even have to be in your industry um, because people bring all these experiences and perspectives to you. So she was like, if she knows this about my business, what, what do other people know? Like, let me, let me get together some of these other professionals and, and see, can we workshop some of these things? And I do that. Like I, I value people in my profession and there are people I look up to that, you know, are mentors for me in my profession. Um, because I think it's so, it's invaluable to have a mentor. I've always, if there's been an opportunity for a mentor, I've had a mentor or sought out a mentor. Um, but for me, like, having people that are outside of your industry bring in that fresh perspective. I mean, cause for you, they're probably your clients. For me, I do our business law stuff. You know, I want to know what, if I'm trying to sell you this business owner, what, what would you do? Like, what, what would you want? What do you see value in? And so, you know, sometimes we sit in our own circles and we assume what clients want. And we also kind of just like, well, here's the standard in our industry. And, and it's very hard to step back from that. But if you have somebody on the outside that ahead of you that can mentor you in your profession, who's, who's been there, or somebody that's not even in your profession, who can say, hey, look, as a consumer, this is what I would want, uh, you know, or this part doesn't make sense to you. And, and it's like, Ugh, you know, you don't want anybody to say that, I don't think that's going to sell or that's going to work. And, you know, but at the same time, that that hard conversation that you're talking about, it, it makes you stop. It makes you think. And I have appreciated every hard conversation anybody has ever had with me, especially in regards to business. So um, I love that. I love all your advice. All your best advice. All your worst <laughs> advice. All your advice is amazing. Um, well, uh, that's all the questions really that I have. If there's anything else um, that you would like to add that you think may add value, feel free to do that. I want to give you the opportunity right now to tell our listeners where they can find you and follow you online. And, and again, like I said at the beginning, we'll make sure to put them in the show notes also, but I'll give you the opportunity to do that. For sure. I guess uh, my last parting word would be a good place to start, even if you want other people to talk to, is your competitors. I mean, 2020, again, was such a weird year, but it offered such a unique opportunity that I built relationships with all of my competitors. And I reached out and I said, hey, how are you handling this situation? What are you doing with your clients? This is uncharted territory for us all. How can we help each other? And what that did was not only did it build friendly competition, but it helped us share ideas to better serve our clients because there's enough business to go around. So highly recommend talking to your competitors because I think everyone gets a little scared to do that. And they make up these stories in their head of, oh, this competitor hates me, of course, because we're competing. But the truth is most people do want to help. Not all of them, but most people are open to a conversation. So recommend stepping out of your comfort zone because it's absolutely out of your comfort zone and talking to your competitors and see what they're doing too. Because more likely than not, they're going to be nice and receptive. But uh, you can follow Rock City Digital on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at just at Rock City Digital. 
Uh, you can follow me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook too. And it's Kate Hill, K-A-I-T Hill. Um, and I'm active on all of those platforms. So I'd love to connect with you. Awesome. I also love how you said there's a, pretty much enough pie for everybody to go around. <laughs> there's there's not a, a scar, there's a scarcity mindset, but there's not a, a scarcity of, of people that need things. So um, thank you so much, Kate. I've really enjoyed talking to you today. I've really loved, you know, watching you grow and your journey over all this time. So um, thanks so much, guys. Make sure to check out all of her stuff, all of her places on social and elsewhere. And thank you for tuning in. And we will have another episode episode next week. Thanks. Thanks, Brooke. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Shift Her Podcast. We are here to share stories that inspire so that you can create the life you love now. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review, share on social media, and tell us why it resonated with you. You can follow us on Facebook at Shift Her Instagram at shifther.co and read more about us at www.shifther.co. While you're there, sign up for our high vibe monthly newsletter, where we share even more inspiration and stories from our mastermind program. Links from today's episode are in the show notes.